The business of operations management is difficult, particularly in large enterprises like banking, insurance, and other services companies with teams of hundreds and thousands around the globe. Now add in recent pandemic forcing the workplace to change forever. Managers and employees are under immense pressure to get work done, while also finding ways to balance performance and well-being. The complexity is building, and it can be difficult to find the answers. This podcast, AO On Air, partnered with ActiveOps, is designed to help identify areas that will help employees, managers, and senior leaders find solutions to the challenges within operations management. The future of work will take all departments, such as HR, IT, and ops, aligned along with a steady dose of innovation to succeed. We'll bring you topics, thought leadership, and simple plans to help lead your teams into the future of work. A hybrid work world that will learn from one another and truly act globally, breaking down the silos of older management models for new ways of working. Welcome to the journey. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome to AO On Air. My name is Michael Cups and I'm your host today and this is a podcast sponsored by ActiveOps. Really excited about our guest today. Vicki Harrell is the Executive Director of the Society of Workforce Planning Professionals and she's joining us today. You know, on this, on this podcast we talk about a lot of things, hybrid work, workforce planning, workforce management, uh, returning to the office, all of these things are affecting everybody every day, and it seems like it's ongoing since the, the past 20 months. That's why I'm really excited for Vicki to join us, because she has firsthand experience and she works with workforce planners all over the, all over the country and maybe all over the world. Uh, so Vicki, welcome, and maybe we start by just you giving a quick introduction of yourself. Well, thanks. I'm really glad to be here with you today and excited to share some insights from SWPP with you all. Um, my name again is Vicki Harrell. I'm executive director of SWPP and we have a sister association, the Quality Assurance and Training Connection, QATC. And um, SWPP has been around for 20 years. We started in 2002 and QATC since 2008. So we've been around quite a while um, and I have been around quite a while. I only admit to uh, 20 plus years in the workforce management industry, um, nice. but been around for quite a while. Um, I actually started my career at the former TCS management group in their events area and um, actually started as um, one of their first employees and um, then they um, they are now part of another organization but that's where I started a long time ago and have had a um, great career in workforce management it's something that I dearly love and have um, enjoyed every minute of excellent well, well welcome so much uh, so maybe we start there a little bit you know workforce planners kind of keep the economy going they keep commerce rolling because they're they're making sure that people are in the right place doing the right thing at the right time and, and getting the work done whether it's banks or call centers or or whatever it is so maybe maybe you could just give us a little bit about what a workforce planner does so Workforce planning is all about getting that just right number of resources in place, whether it's a contact center or, um, or a bank, as you said, or any of those other organizations. Um, we, it is so important that we're making sure that we're getting exactly the right number, not overstaffed, not understaffed. Um, and the other thing is that it is as much an art as it is a science. We say that it's a science because there's a lot of math involved and you know exactly 
Um, you can get numbers with math and you can get an exact number of, you know, people that you need, but you also have to make it an art because those basic numbers may not fly in your organization. You may not have exactly the right number or you may have too many. And so we've got to figure out with, with what we have and what we need, what the best number of just right um, people is. So it's, it's something that's, that's really hard. Again, you can also refer to this process as resource planning or workforce planning or workforce management or any of the three of those things. Yes, yes. Those words get numbed around. But it's interesting, the just right piece of what you just uh, mentioned there is interesting because this, you know, the past 20 months, everybody knows we went through some some pretty strange events in our in our lifetime where people had to go work from home. Now there's words like hybrid use, capacity limits in buildings. There's all kinds of new restrictions and or uncertainties, if you will. So, so what kind of uh, impact has this had on workforce planners knowing that there is this uncertainty ahead of them? Well, it's been really funny. Um, you know, there are a lot, there are several different aspects of workforce planning, but the, the basic thing is that we all start with is data gathering and analysis. And right now we've kind of thrown that out the window because <laughs> we don't know. Our, all of our um, assumptions prior to March of 2020 have been thrown out the window Things that happened in 2020, we don't know if they're going to continue to happen in 2021 and 2022. Uh, so, so we've got a whole lot of, of just questions out there as to exactly how to proceed with workforce management. We've had a lot of sessions with SWPP where people just say, I'm just throwing my forecast out the window. There's just, there's just no way to know what's going to happen. So, you know, when you're starting in workforce management, they say you need at least 13 months of really good data to get started with a with workforce management. Well, we don't have that anymore. It's, you know, since March of 2020, we don't know what we have there. We have data, but is that data something that's going to continue? Is it is it good data? Is it bad data? We don't know. So, it's really been hard um, to just start with what do we need? Yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and we've been talking to our customers quite a bit about what is the new data that's necessary. You talked about it starts with data gathering and data analysis. And so we've been asking a lot of our customers, what data do you need that you don't have today? And it's, it's you're, like, you're, like you said, it's a, it's a moving target, but certainly there's, there's things now starting to evolve about you know, productivity of people in the office, out of the office. Are you seeing any trends there that, that are helpful or, or still an unknown for workforce planners? I feel like the, the productivity of, um, of the actual agents really hasn't been the issue. Um, the issue has been, um, I, would say, I would not say productivity. I would say it is more um, their, whether or not they're going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, because prior to the pandemic, people who worked from home um, really worked from home because they were, they were the top of the heap, right? Yep. Um, you had to have certain KPIs to work from home. You had to have 
in many cases, somebody come to your house, make sure that you had an office with the door that would shut. You didn't have any children at home. You didn't have any pets at home. Um, you know, all of those things. Well, now everybody's at home yeah. for the most part. There are still, there are people who are in the office and people who are hybrid already, but the people who are at home, um, if, if a whole organization is home, um, there, there's not anything that they did to, to give them the opportunity to work at home. Yeah. So we have to, um, we have to somehow make sure that we are engaging those employees. Um, agent engagement has really been a big issue throughout this whole thing. And also, other than that, we have to make sure that they are sticking to their schedule. Um, you know, uh, adherence has not been right. as good as you would expect it to be when you're at home. <laughs> um, yeah. That used to be a big draw for people who were, you know, to send people home is, well, they're going to have great adherence. They're going to log in right on time. They're going to take their lunches and breaks on time. They're going to be leaving on time. But adherence hasn't been as perfect as we had hoped it would have been as well. So I yeah. think that's the issue, um, uh, the engagement piece and the adherence piece um, yeah. That, yeah. that we're struggling with. Yeah, it's interesting because you say that, you know, prior to the pandemic, the people that work from home could control their environment. And maybe post-pandemic, they couldn't control some things like kids being at home and things like that. So it's always, it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah, that's interesting. But you hear companies talking about business resiliency and agility and things like that, which are all good words and they're all important aspects of, of companies these days. What, what role does a workforce planner play in, in a company's resiliency or agility? They play a really huge role because they're the ones who have to start finding those patterns um, as things change. So they're going to be analyzing that data as it comes in through the ACD or wherever, however else we're looking at it and seeing that maybe these patterns have changed and maybe we need to reforecast and reschedule and, and find some new, um, some new ways to get to these people that, that are trying to contact us in different ways at different times than what we've expected in the past that that shift in the the customer behavior and the patterns um has happened throughout this whole pandemic and so workforce management really is the first step here into figuring out what those patterns are looking like and what we need to do to fix the current schedules to make them fit more to the new customer behavior yeah, that's interesting. I didn't. I didn't really think about that before. But you're right. The, in, in addition to the workforce changing patterns, the consumers change patterns too because their whatever their normal was changed to to different as well. Well, I understand that you guys at SWPP have done some surveys, and you've got uh, some interesting insights to uh, both workforce planning and just work in general. I mean, would you care to share some of those survey results with the with the audience? Yeah, and these are from 2020, so they're they're a little um, they're a little dated, but but really good information I think that might give some people some insights into what's happened in this area over the past 18 months. So we asked our um, audience. This is this goes to the whole workforce management community. 
that what percentage of your staff were working from home pre-pandemic and over half the people who responded said there were less than 25% of their staff at home pre-pandemic. But during the pandemic, um, almost 75% of the respondents said they had 91 to 100% of their staff wow. at home. Wow. So that is a huge shift. Yeah. And it's massive. And then we asked the question of what percentage of your staff do you think will be working from home after the pandemic? Pandemic, And a third of the people said that they thought 75% to 100% of their staff would still be at home after the pandemic. Wow. That's still a large number of people working from home. Um, so, so, you know, then you have to think about what are the future implications of this? Um, there are some, some great pros to having a huge at-home population, and that can be flexible scheduling. Um, it can be the opportunity for people to jump on at different times when, when you wouldn't expect them to drive back to a call center to answer calls. They might be willing to jump on um, from home or whatever. But employee engagement um, is a big con to this and, and something that we have struggled with throughout this pandemic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's so much, it's so, that's so true. It, engagement is something that, that we, we all, every company I think has had to figure out a new way of handling, whether it's simple collaboration or, or engaging people on a, on a routine basis without, you know, a zoom call, for example. So yeah, very but good. We did, ask, we did ask a little bit about their schedule options as well, which awesome. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and they, they were not as, as stark in difference as I I had hoped they would be because one of the things we've always said about people working from home is, okay, so they're going to be more willing to do all sorts of different shifts and all sorts of different things that they would never do if they were in the contact center. And while the survey results showed that there was some change in behavior for flexible scheduling, it wasn't quite as big as I had thought it would be. So about 36% said they had more flexible start and stop times. And about 28% said they were able to get some agents to use split shifts. Oh. Um, the fixed schedules was down just a little bit, but um, I was really surprised there was not more flexible scheduling. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very good. Any other results or any other topics on the, on the survey that's of interest? Yeah, so there's another part of it that I thought would be great to share is um, the first part was determining who's going to come back into the contact center after the pandemic. Ah, yeah. Um, because that was a really big question mark was, okay, so we're going to start moving people back to the office. Who goes first? Um, what we found is that the people who don't have stable internet really were the first people back. And they, they may have been back, you know, they have may, may have never even gone home or they may have gone home and tried it and it didn't work. So those people went back first. But according to this survey, they're really going to look for the KPIs of the people at home and whoever may need a little bit more help, they may be first back in the office. And there are some job functions that just work better in the office. They'll be looking at that as well. And then volunteers. 
Yeah. Um, you know, who, who really wants to go back in the office because there are people who just do not like working at home Yes. and are not, not feeling it. So um, getting those people back in the office, um, I think will help as well. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And yep. then there were some other things that had to do with workforce management that I thought were interesting. So um, these were, and these were kind of theoretical at the time, because again, it was 2020 and we weren't back in the office for the most part. Um, but we were asking about how you're going to handle the breaks and lunches once we get back. Um, and part of the issue is that at that point, a lot of the cafeterias were closed within the centers. Um, people right. were eating at their desks. People were eating outside or eating, you know, in another area. But the, there really wasn't a whole lot of um, place for them to go to eat. So, for half the people that responded to the survey, they said there really isn't going to be any change in how they're going to handle breaks and lunches. Um, but about a quarter of them said they're going to spread them out more often so that they aren't all in one place at once. And then the other thing that really is going to affect workforce management, if it happens, is are there going to be health checks mm. for the staff before they go into the office? Right. And what is that going to look like? Because if it is a very strenuous health check of any sort, it's going to add time to their schedule. Yeah. Um, are they going to have to have temperature checks at the entrance? And if they are, is that going to take time? Are they going to have to have a questionnaire that they fill out every day before they go back in the office? And this really did happen during the pandemic, both these things. Um, and then... If we do these things, if we have to social distance in the elevator, um, if we have to social distance as we are waiting to get in the building, yeah. are all these things going to add extra time? And if they do, do we have to pay for that extra time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we really hadn't thought about that as well. So, um about a quarter of the people said they didn't think it was going to take any extra time. About a quarter of the people said they don't know. <laughs> and, and another quarter of the people said maybe maybe it's going to take up to five minutes. But it really could depend on the, the queue that is coming into the office. And um, will workforce management need to stagger start times yep. just to deal with that? Yeah. And then... Once we figure out, is it going to take more time? Are we going to compensate for that? And almost half the people just said, we don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if, if it's longer, though, than one or two minutes, it could have adherence consequences. It could have coverage consequences. So they just need to be really careful about that as we go back. Yeah. And then the yeah. last thing was, is it going to change your seating plan? Huh? Because that's yeah. something else we have to think about. And I know during the pandemic, a lot of places were just marking off um, at seats. So, you know, Susie sat here and then we marked off the next seat and Johnny sat here. Right. Um, but if everybody is going back to the office, you can't do that because then you don't have room for everybody. That's so right. So you have to think about that before you start going back to the office as well. So again, there is a, there is a lot going on here. 
There is, there is. And just to return to the office sounds simple, but it's really not these days. It's going to be very complicated with a lot of decisions. We, we ourselves, I, I think our elevator policy, we've been, we've been going back since, you know, late July. And um, I think it's only two people per, per elevator. So that is, if there's a large queue, it's getting in line and that is going to cost time. It's, it, it's interesting. You don't really think about those things in the sense of scheduling who's going to be on the phone and who's going to be ready to take a customer inquiry at the right time. So, so back to your just in time, it's, it takes a lot of elements there. So, so yeah. So if you if you can only be two ele people in an elevator at a time, and you have to be at work at eight o'clock, what time do you have to get there to get in the elevator to get up to your floor? Yeah, exactly. And do we pay you for that? Right. It's great. Yeah, it's great. A lot of lot of elements there. So so turning our attention to your organization, um, I think you you guys provide education. You provide uh, you, certainly it's a membership type of an organization. Why don't you tell us a little bit about SWPP and 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 what you guys offer? So we are a membership association specifically for workforce planners. Uh, we we mostly deal with workforce planners in the contact center. Um, now there are people who work. Um, who do back office workforce management in an organization, um, but usually it is also tied to a, an organization that has a contact center as well. But we provide opportunities for education, for networking. We do um, a lot of things to make sure that you have the most up-to-date information and the most information to do your job right. So we do a tip of the week every week. And I will say during the quarantine pro process and during lockdown, we did a tip of the day. Oh, wow. Things were changing so much that we did a tip of the day for about three months, just, you know, to make sure we were getting information out as quickly as we could. Yeah. Um, we have a quarterly newsletter that comes out every quarter and gives you great information. It's um, 16 pages of wonderful articles about workforce management. Um, in um, non-COVID times, we do regional meetings in different areas. We have had regional meetings on Zoom during uh, these times as well. We do uh, webinars. We have a Fundamentals of Workforce Management web seminar series that we provide to our members. And that's eight web seminars a year just on the basics of workforce management. We do other web seminars throughout the year. Our sponsors, ActiveOps is one of our sponsors. Um, and we, our sponsors provide some web seminars throughout the year as well. We have articles on our website. We have a library on our website that has all our archive tips of the week, archive survey results uh, that happen every quarter, archive newsletters, just tons of great information out there. We have a certification for workforce planners. Uh, you can get your CWPP, Certified Workforce Planning Professional designation by taking three tests and presenting a project. That's great. We do an annual conference. Well, that's the and exciting thing. It's coming up and it's going to be in person, I believe. That's right. The past two years, our annual conference has been virtual and it's been fun and it's been great information. And there have been some some really positive things that have come out of that. But as well, um, we are so happy to be back in person on April 4th through 6th in Nashville. It's always in Nashville. And we've been at the Omni Hotel downtown Nashville for the past, I think, six years. So we're looking forward to that. 
That's great. Yeah, it's great to go back in person, and Nashville's a great city to visit for, for all those that are anxious to get kind of away from home for maybe a few days and, and enjoy some education opportunity and networking opportunities, like you said. That's fantastic. So say that date again, April... April 4th through 6th. April 4th through 6th in Nashville. Very good. So, uh, Vicki, if somebody wanted to pick up a conversation, learn more about SWPP, or talk with you directly about some of the survey results that you mentioned today or anything else, how will they find you? So, we're, our website is swpp.org, and there are links on that website to contact me. It's vicki.herald at swpp.org, or you can even do info at swpp.org. We have a Facebook page, the Society of Workforce Planning Professionals, and I'm also on LinkedIn, so feel free to reach out to me anywhere, and I'd be happy to chat with you and give you any information that I can and help you see all the great um, benefits of being part of SWPP. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Vicki. It's enjoyable to talk to you. Great information. The survey results were astounding. And just the, the task at hand for workforce planners, thank you for kind of encapsulating the, the challenge they have ahead and the opportunities they have ahead, too. So it's really, really great to visit with you. Uh, for everybody watching and listening, we appreciate you joining AO on Air. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you soon. Uh, as always, uh, please look up activeops.com. You'll find Resource Hub. You can find information about uh, workforce planning and our solutions and everything else from videos. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, etc. And also for all of you that will be joining us in Nashville, I, we are excited to be there and, and be a sponsor with Vicki and her team. So hope to see you in April in Nashville. Thanks a lot, Vicki. Talk to you all soon. At ActiveOps, we call it Management Process Automation, or MPA. MPA helps managers make better decisions by providing a consistent, easy-to-understand view of capacity and productivity. MPA does the hard work of consolidating information, forecasting and planning, and even gives you visibility of skills and capabilities across your enterprise. Your managers can make decisions based on a complete picture of their operations and then get back to leading. As work progresses, MPA helps managers spot problems early and deal with them proactively, celebrate successes properly, and match resource to workload in real time. By making managers more effective, MPA reduces operational costs. Best of all, the right MPA tools make it possible to deliver all these benefits across global enterprises with thousands of employees. Solutions like Workwear Plus from ActiveOps, Workwear Plus builds on our 20 years of experience supporting service operations to give you a 360-degree view of your operations, helping you turn operations management from a guessing game into a game-changing source of efficiency and value. Employees are empowered to manage their days and weeks, feeling accomplished, confident and able to balance work and personal life. Wherever your organisation or customers live and work, ActiveOps is ready to help you deliver world-class service and employee engagement to help your company thrive. ActiveOps. See further. Know more. Move faster.